Aren't you glad you can have fun in church? Nothing replaces God's presence. But you know what? I believe he wants us to be happy. Going to heaven should make us happy. Should make us think positive thoughts, good thoughts, funny thoughts. And uh, I do a lot. Matter of fact, Shelly says I'm too happy all the time. She's like, you're all your jokes and everything. So I do thank the church for, for the blessing. I don't know what's in that card, but I can hardly wait till church is over so I can look in it. But I thank you for honoring us. We appreciate that. We love TFT, and uh, it's such a blessing to be here, and thank you. I told Shelly, she got up here, I said, and they were talking about us being married 31 years. I said, you're a look, lucky gal. You're a lucky gal. I know I'm lucky. I know I'm lucky. I believe that God has one thing on his mind, and that's his mission here on earth. How many believe that? He wants all men to be saved. Do you believe that? Do we still believe the word of God? We believe it to be true. So I'm preaching to a bunch of Christians here today. I believe that we're called to go and make disciples of all nations. Today I'm going to ask if you'll turn with me to a very familiar scripture, Ezekiel 37. I heard this preached Tuesday night, I believe. I went over to that camp meeting. I heard this preached, and God had been dealing with me already, and he preached, and I'm like, wow. I talked to somebody Sunday about this, and then again Wednesday I talked to somebody else about this. I'm like, God's leading me somewhere. And I was like, I got the message, God. How many believe we're living in the greatest days in history for the church? What's the Bible say? In the latter days, God's going to pour his spirit out. I believe we're experiencing the power of God's prophetic word that is literally breathing life around the world. I know there's some that like to prophesy the gloom and the doom, but I like this right here in Matthew 16, 18. Jesus is building his church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Amen. And despite what we're seeing in Greenbrier, somebody told me the other day, said Faulkner County is just being overrun with drugs and alcohol. Despite what we're seeing here in Greenbrier, despite what we're seeing in the United States, and despite what we're seeing in the world, I believe God's ready to do some great things right here in our church, right here in our town, right here in the United States. I believe he's ready to pour out his spirit upon all flesh, and that includes us. Amen? I still think we can align ourselves with the two spies. We can believe the positive things that's going on. Always remember that the size of the grapes are better than the size of the giants. Amen? This morning I'm encouraged in Ezekiel 37 that even though there is a serious question asked that calls us to arms, that calls us to attention, that there's always a glimmer of hope that is transferred from the throne room of God to God's people here on earth. Even when we see prophecy... Over and over we see prophecy. There's always hope in that prophecy. Sometimes it's, it's telling what's going to happen, and it's not a good thing that's going to happen. 
one of Taylor's favorite scriptures that he sees on Instagram and Facebook. He says, people post this all the time and they don't use it in context. They don't even know what's really going on. Tell us about it, Taylor. Speak up. That even in the midst of prophetic declarations that may call for judgment, or even those moments such as when Jeremiah prophesied that the children of Israel will be carried away into Babylon for 70 years, he still prophesied that I know the thoughts I have for you, which are for, for your future and with hope in that future. Yeah, it was a bad thing that they were going through, but he was still promising there's hope in their future. If you would, would you stand with me and let's read Ezekiel 37, beginning at verse 1. Today I'm, I'm reading out of the English Standard Translation, fellas. I don't know if I told you that or not, but I wanted to let you know. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out of the spirit, in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones, and he led me around among them. And behold, there were many, very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, Oh, Lord God, you know. You know, God's the one that knows everything. He knows what can go on. Man knows he can't do it by himself, but he knows. God, you know the answer to this question. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. Everyone say that. You shall live. Say it again. You shall live. Hallelujah. And I will lay sinews upon you, and you will cause flesh, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you and you shall live say it again you shall live and you shall know that i am the lord so i prophesied as i was commanded and as i prophesied there was a noise or a sound and behold a rattling and the bones came together bone to its bone and i looked and behold there were sinews on them and flesh had come upon them and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to tell you what, the Holy Ghost just walked in here. Today I want to preach. On the subject of coming together, we've got to come together. Amen. Father, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for your presence. I ask you today, Lord, to hide me behind the cross because your word is already anointed. I ask you to anoint me. God, I ask you, Lord, to let them see you through me, not, not my personality, but yours. 
I ask you as the seed of the word is going forth, Lord, it will find fertile ground in our hearts, Lord. Let us see and hear, Lord, what you would have for us to see and hear today. God, and I ask you, Lord, to let us go, go out of this place, Lord, and do the mission that you've called us to. Lord, I thank you for your presence once again. In Jesus' name, can everybody say amen? Amen. amen. You can be seated. You know, at some point, you would think you would run out of tears. But I guess I have a big reservoir. Brother Ed, don't say amen. You already cut on me with my jacket. Hallelujah. I know when preachers preach from Ezekiel 37, they like to start off with God's breath. Because when we get to God's breath, we sing songs about it all the time. Breathe on me. Holy Spirit, breathe on me. Over and over and over. But you can see right here that the bones came together before the breath of God was ever found. We're going to get down to some more of them scriptures here in a minute. We're going to read about God breathing in them and prophesying. But there's only one person that can put these bones back together. There's only one person that can put our lives back together. We're reading this here in the Bible. We see that God is telling him, telling Ezekiel to prophesy to these bones. But God's the one doing the work. In our own lives, the brokenness of our own lives, it's God that has to do the work. We can't do it on our own. We cannot do it on our own. We're not good enough. We're not knowledgeable enough. We can't do it on our own. There's only one person that can put our church together. One person that can put our church together. There's only one person who can put us together again when we are broken, and that's God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit God who can live on the inside of us. I read about this story, and I recognize the very people who are trying to fix the brokenness are broken themselves. And they're trying to fix the brokenness that they see in others. How many know there's a whole bunch of broken people in our world today? There's really only one solution for those who are broken, for those who need to experience life and life more abundantly, and that's to know Jesus and for Jesus to put them back together again. So when we read Ezekiel 37, we look at verse 5, we're inspired because the Bible says, Thus saith the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and, you will, call, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a sound, behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bones. We see here that when Ezekiel prophesied life, the breath of God did not come first. And I know that's what we look for. We look for the breath of God to come. That's what's always preached. They, they preach about the breath of God coming on us. We say it all the time. All we need is the breath of God to breathe on us. 
Or if we can just see the breath of God first, then we know we're going to live. Let me ask this question. Is it possible that God is rolling back the curtain on a biblical truth that will allow us to overcome our broken life? Is it possible that he is unveiling a profound truth that will allow us to stand up and live as an exceedingly great army? Is it possible that we must see right here in the scriptures the power of divine connection? It's a divine connection. We need to connect to the body. We have to connect to the body. Amen? Here's what I love about the body of Christ. It connects together. The body of Christ connects together. Not just the local church connecting with one another, but the churches. We can use our organization, the Assemblies of God. We connect together. But not only do we connect with the Assemblies of God, we connect with the Pentecost Church of God, the Church of God, the Foursquare, the Pentecostal Holiness. We even connect with the Nazarene, the Baptist, the Methodists. The body of Christ is much bigger than what this auditorium is. I know I'm speaking the obvious, but sometimes we feel like, you know, this is our little group. This is the only ones going to heaven. This is our church, the assembly of God. They're the only ones going to heaven. This is our body. We are the body of the Christ, and there's no other parts to this body. We need to get a bigger picture of what the church body is. The church body connects together. We have a shared connection. We have a shared connection. When Jesus was praying in John 17, verse 21, and he began to pray and say, I pray that they will be one. And then he goes on to talk about how powerful the oneness is, even as I and the Father as one. When we look at the shared connection, and he says, I pray that they will be one. What does that mean? What does that mean that I pray that they will be one? What does the word one mean? The most familiar word that's used for the word one is the word ace, which is what is used here, and it's not the meaning of the digit like one, two, three, four, five. He's talking about a oneness with someone, a unity with someone. It's actually a word that means a shared connection which means as part of the body of Christ, whether we like it or not, whether we want to be or not, whether we want to say it or not, we are connected together. I know people that don't want to be connected with me. I don't understand that I'm likable. I smell good. I dress snappy. Is snappy still a word we use? We have a shared connection. And you know what the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 12, 15. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make, that would not make it any less part of the body. I'm not a hand, so I'm not going to be part of the body. This is real deep stuff that I'm talking about here. Because I am not the hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make any less, make it any less part of the body. I would tell you today, for the church to be missional, there's going to have to be a, trans, a transition in our spirits and our minds towards the value of a shared connection. Because we cannot any longer, in the body of Christ, and our local church function, 
like we're simply a foot church. Because what we end up doing is saying, you know, I like being the foot. I like being a foot. I'm going to separate myself over here. I'm just going to spend the rest of my time with the feet. Isn't that the way we do in the body of Christ? I can't go to that church. I can't fellowship with that person. I can't do that. I'm a foot. I'm going to hang out with other feet. And because, and what we end up with is having a bunch of smelly, stinky feet churches. Look alike, sound alike, doing everything alike. Because we want to disconnect from the body of Christ. That's hard preaching, and I said it nicely. We want to hang out with the feet because we want to disconnect with them people over there. I don't even like Z in the alphabet, and they have Nazarene. It's right in their name. I'm just kidding. I like Z. We want to disconnect from the body of Christ and miss out on the value of a shared connection. Because the foot cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the hand cannot say to the foot, I don't need you. The body is comprised of connections. Ephesians 4.16. From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Wow. I had a talk with Chanel the other day, and she, she told me, she said, I read the book of John this week, and she said, one of the things I see in there said, God was telling us to love. I said, girl, you're getting it. You're getting it. That's what we're supposed to be. Then she mentioned some Christians that was holding an ugly sign. I said, Chanel, they're not a Christian. They're just saying they're a Christian. We're supposed to display the love of Christ in the body of Christ. We must hear the prophetic word of God that's being spoken to in our day and our time. And it's a word that says, connect to the body. We've got to connect with each other. We have a shared connection. We have a shared connection with a unique function. Amen? How many know some unique people? I call them strange people. But we, we'll, we'll be not, we call them unique people. Well, they're very unique. When I first met Shelly, she had a unique hairdo. And you really know what I mean. Strange. I love you. We are unique and enjoy and celebrate one another. And yet while we celebrate one another, there's something powerful about being Unique. When we read Ezekiel 37, the bones did not connect to the same bones. You should have seen me this week. I had skeletons all over my computer screen. I was reading up on bones. I wanted to know about bones. I know we want to sing the song, the ankle bones connected to the leg bone, the leg bones connected to the... Knee bone. You know, I was in choir when I was in grade school. My mom and dad kept getting phone calls because they had, like, risers, and they'd put Drew on the end riser right here. Come here, Jackson. 
Hurry, Jackson, hurry. You're in the choir. Get up here, man. So you're, st- you're standing right here in front of me on this step. But you're a girl. <laughs> they always put, put me behind the girls. So I'm up here singing. We might be singing that leg song or whatever. And I just give them a little knee and, oh, I don't know what happened, teacher. They did. You can go sit down. Thank you. Thank you for being a girl, Jackson. I'm teasing you. But I, I would irritate them. I'd pull their hair. I would do whatever. I don't even know why I'm telling you this, but it reminded me that when I was singing that song, that we would sing stuff like that in school. I wasn't a very good uh, student. Um, sing, well, I wasn't a very good singer either. I, just, I don't know why I was there, just to be honest with you. I had to, I guess. But um, mom and dad made me. I know we sang this song when we were kids, but here's how some of us want to sing it right now. The ankle bone's connected to the ankle bone. The ankle bone's connected to the ankle bone. And the ankle bone's connected to the ankle bone. And the ankle bone's connected to the ankle bone. That's how we're singing it now. Because we want, to, we want everybody to look like us. We want everybody to act like us. Spend time with us. So we can spend all of our time with the ankle bones. Because that's who we relate to. I relate to 52-year-old old men now. Because I'm that. We want to spend all of our time with the knee bones. Because that's who we relate to. So when we walk into church, the educated are looking for the educated. The uneducated is looking for the uneducated. The rich is looking around for the rich. And the poor is looking around for the poor. They want to know where they fit in. And the different cultures are looking for one another. Whites are looking for whites. And blacks are looking for blacks. And Hispanics are looking for Hispanics. And Asians are looking for Asians. We just want to find someone that looks like us. So we walk into church, and the suits are looking for the suits. Brother Rick asked me today, he goes, how do you guys afford them suits? I said, belk, baby, 20 bucks on sale. I got this jacket. I said, I don't wear them expensive suits. But the suits are looking for the suits. And the blue jeans are looking for the blue jeans. I started putting tank tops are looking for the tank. I hope you don't wear a tank top. I just don't want to see it. I'll just say it. You can wear it. I just don't want to see them. The old are looking for the old. The young's looking for the young. When you go to all these classes, all these seminars, the last few years we've been to, they tell you how to grow a church. They tell you you need to have a great nursery because young couples are coming in. They're looking for something for their kids. I think that's great, but I think we need to be led by the Lord where to go to church. Not by, do they have blacks, do they have whites, do they have Hispanics, Asians? No. Do they have a good nursery? Do they have a good children's church? Do they have a good youth group? Them things are all great and they're all needed. That shouldn't be our determining factor. The ankle bone connected to the ankle bone. And the ankle bone's connected to the ankle bone. Until all we have is a valley of dry bones. That are disconnected. 
and they don't have a shared connection. We don't understand the uniqueness of what God has placed in them for their time here on earth. When the moment, when is the moment going to arrive when we begin to celebrate one another's uniqueness? I love you guys. You know I do. But are we loving people the way we're supposed to be loving people? Now we can talk about the church body here. Are we loving people outside these walls like we're supposed to be loving them? They don't look like me. I found out in youth work, none of them look like me. None of them smelled as good as I did. I had a girl one time that come into youth and she was showing me all of her brand new piercings and her eyebrow and her cheek and her tongue and nose. And I said, why did you do that? She said, I wanted to be unique. The very next youth service, she walked in with her friend, had a tattoo, or had a tattoo, had a, they probably had that too, but they had the, I guess, it's not an earring, I guess if it's in the mouth, but it, that's what it looked like, an earring there, had one in the tongue, one in the eyebrow and everything. You're not unique, you look just like her. We've lost our shared connection with other people being unique. You know, we don't have to have a church that's a cookie cutter mold. We don't have to look like everybody else. You know, what if everybody looked like Tony Wilson today with their whiskers? Going down from uh, Rolla, Missouri to West Plains, Missouri, and there's Hillbilly Junction. I'm not cutting on you, Tony, but they had a man that looked like you in a hat with a beard hanging down, sitting in a chair with no shoes on and overalls, just Hillbilly Junction. That's what, every time I see your beard, it reminds me of that as a kid. What if we all had a beard like that? Wouldn't be hard to find one that looked like us, then we'd walk into church and just see them. We should have a unique vision here at our church. We should have a unique church. Because we have a unique community, we ought to have unique ministries to reach our community. We don't have to look like other churches. Ankle bones connected to the ankle bone. We have a shared connection. Can we not experience the prophetic word that the bones will connect and understand that the bones will connect to different bones? Do you realize that we're almost in a war in the United States over culture and color? We're almost in war in the United States when the color of our skin is so overrated. You may look at me today, and I might look white to you. That's not what I am on the inside. Oh, you think, oh, well, yeah, you need muscles, you got blood flowing through you. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not white on the inside. In fact, if you believe like I believe, our God created all humankind as a reflection of his image, then you know we're serving a multicultural God. First John 3 and 9 said, when I received my conversion moment and his supernatural seed was planted in me, I took on the reflected image of a multicultural 
God. What I'm trying to tell you is I may look white on the outside, but I'm Hispanic on the inside. I'm Asian on the inside. I'm black on the inside. I have a multicultural God living inside of me, so I am a multicultural person. And so are you. I am not who I am on the outside anyway. You don't know me. We've seen that on the movie one time. Somebody did something for somebody else. You don't even know me. I have a mind with a will and emotions. I have affections, passions, hopes, and dreams. If you want to get to know me, you're not going to get to know the, the person on the outside. You're going to get to know the person on the inside. You're going to find out what drives Drew. You're going to find out what drives Taylor and Lisa, Chanel, Lucy. We're going to find out what drives you when you get to know someone. I have a multicultural God who's living on the inside of me. Ankle bones connected to the ankle bone. Brother Garrett, would you come? Ezekiel 37 shows us that we have a shared connection with a unique function for life to come, is it possible that God wants to see some connections first? Before that breath of life, before we skip down to the scriptures. And by the way, I'll finish this up tonight. And we'll talk about the breath of God. But before we see that breath of God, is it possible God's wanting these bones to come together? That's what the scripture said. The bones come together first. Is it possible... That maybe a starting point, maybe the starting point is from a connection. Being connected, being connected with other believers. We have a shared connection with a unique function. If I could just challenge us today, challenge our hearts with this. What's the scripture tell us in John 17, 20 and 21? I am praying, Jesus said, not only for these disciples alone, but also for all who will ever believe in me through this message, I pray that they all will be one. All be united. That's our position. That should be our identity. Shared connections. In the United States, I know we just come through the Ferguson deal a year or two ago. We've seen some awful pictures on TV. We see some awful things going on, shootings in El, El Paso, had another shooting. It's awful what we're seeing. We're awful. It's awful seeing what they're, what they're saying about our president. I remember presidents that were horrible that we never got talked about. They honored him because of the position he was in. You may have said it at home with the lights off, but you honored him in public. In the United States, though, where pictures are being presented that we're not very excited about, it's ugly. Like division, racism, shootings, and everything else that's going on. Is it possible that Ezekiel 37 church can rise up and present a different picture for our day and time. 
Is it possible for us to come together? Is it possible for us to unite bone to bone? Not ankle bone to ankle bone, but bone to bone. It takes the full body. One that will let the world see, not hatred, not racism, not prejudice, but will see the power of a divine love and operation because we are his disciples. Let me tell you, if they're not working in you like this, you're not his disciple. The love of God has got to be in you to be a disciple. We have a shared connection with a unique function. Would you stand with me?